What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. Coming up first, we'll chat with former Steel FC and current Hotspurs player Christina Rytel. She gives us a great look into what it's like making the jump to the college game at Pitt and how Hotspurs have helped her with her game. After that, I'll be joined by Josh, Liz, and Steve to talk about the Steel Army holiday party and break down all of the big USL news that happened this week. Let's go! I think that's a great question. Now we got to get into the nitty gritty. Christina, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. You know, you've you've been around Pittsburgh for a while now, looking into your history a little bit. Give the listeners some background on how you got started playing soccer and how you sort of got to where you are now. Um, so I started playing soccer when I was about four um, for an organization called Dynamo. Um, and I really, like, enjoyed playing with all my friends um, when I was little. But eventually I moved on to travel soccer, which was also with Dynamo. Um, and then I was also doing a lot of other sports at the time, but when I was around 10, I sort of decided that soccer was the sport I wanted to pursue. So I, um, I tried out for some club teams, um, and I found a team called Arsenal and I really liked that, but I switched club teams a lot when I was playing soccer when I was younger, mm-hmm. um, because I really wanted to sort of find the best team, um, in my area to play for. So I uh, eventually settled with a team called Century. And I would say that's where I did most of my like college recruiting. Um, but I never really had a team that I was always focused on um, playing for. Mm-hmm. So my process was like very broad. Like I went to a lot of different ID camps and I emailed a lot of different coaches when I was going to um, tournaments and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually I learned that uh, Randy Waldrum was the head coach at Pitt mm-hmm. and I learned a lot about his history of success um, at Notre Dame and that was something that I definitely wanted to be a part of. So I ultimately committed there. That's awesome. And, and, you know, you mentioned sort of bouncing around a lot and going to different clubs and things like that, trying to find the, the right fit for you. Um, you know, I guess give everybody a sense of uh, you're a midfielder, correct? Correct. So what, let's, let's talk a little bit sort of like your style of play a little bit. Is there, um, you know, a professional um, or is there somebody that you look up to that you try to model your game after? Um, you know, do you like playing more possession? Are you sort of a more defensive midfielder? I guess let's let's get into that just a little bit. Um, well, I definitely like playing more possession based soccer, especially, you know, as a midf- as a midfielder. Sorry. Um, I don't like when like the defense is just kicking it over to the forwards and I'm not as involved. Mm hmm. Um, so I'd say um, a professional player that I really like is Julie Ertz. Mm. Um, she's more defensive, um, and I'd say I'm more defensive, so I really like that. And I think she's also, like, super tough, um, but also very composed and poised at the same time. So that's something I would definitely want to model myself after. 
You mentioned, you know, sort of bouncing from club to club, and now you're at Pitt um, with Coach Waldrum. You know, what was the biggest thing you learned making that jump to college ball? And, you know, is there anything that you could sort of share with any players that will be making that transition coming up this year in 2020? So I think the biggest thing for me um, transitioning into college was the level of focus um, that it it required. Um, I really learned a lot tactically as I sort of rotated through positions um, and as our team adjusted formations because um, I, I was sort of in the midfield, but I played a little bit at center back and outside mid, and I found that um, each role had a very specific set of jobs Mm -hmm. and on our team a big focus was like do your job and so I found that like it was very like specific whereas in the past um it was more like general and I I had a more general idea of how to play but not like the specific tactical components of each position we, we've talked to other professional players on the show, and uh, one of the things I love getting into is sort of the, the psyche, sort of what goes on in your mind. And um, we had Rob Vincent on, who I don't know if you know who that is, but he basically he played for the Riverhounds for a while. He now coaches with the Riverhounds um, Academy. He, uh, he went off and played with DC United, and he talked about the struggles of going into a team and thinking that you have sort of a set position, and the coach is playing you out of that position and sort of the difficulties of trying to adjust to playing these different positions and ultimately trying to advocate for yourself and say like, you know, I really think this is my best position as you're continuing to grow and develop. Are you finding that as you're being put in these different positions, you know, defense, midfield, out wide, things like that, that the whole time in your mind, you're thinking to yourself like, this is great, but I really am like a, you know, a central midfielder or, or, or are you finding that you're getting put in these positions and you're thinking, this is kind of cool. Like I, I'm, I'm having some success. This, this could would, this could work. You know, do you think that you've sort of solidified your ideal spot, or do you think that in the college game you're sort of finding potentially what that ideal spot could be? Um. So I would say, to some extent, I love playing center mid, and you know that's the position that I feel most comfortable in, and I would love to play because I feel like you get the ball the most at the center mid and you sort of control the play. And I really like doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I also really like playing in the other positions um, and sort of like getting a new perspective. So I wouldn't really say that I've solidified my position on center mid because if I'm on the field, I'm happy Mm -hmm. whether that's defense or offense or midfield. So yeah. Okay. Well, let me ask you this was, was the transition from, um, you know, playing club ball to college ball, was it what you expected? Or were there any surprises that you uh, maybe didn't anticipate and that, again, you could sort of pass on um, some tips and tricks to anybody moving up next year? Um, so I think to some extent I was relatively prepared because my club coaches have really emphasized the higher level of speed and the um, new level of physicality that would um, occur in college level soccer. So I was sort of um, anticipating that going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that didn't shock me as much, but I also think I had a different experience because our program was in the process of being rebuilt. Right. So um, we had a lot of new players. There wasn't really an established starting 11 or an established leadership. Mm-hmm. So 
or style of play. Um, so I think it was different in that sense because I didn't have to, it was more like growing and we were all sort of like creating our own, um, team Mm -hmm. style of play. So that was something I really didn't expect. Um, but definitely it was a transition in terms of faster speed and being more physical and having to really focus on your role as a player. Gotcha. Talking, I guess, talking a little bit about sort of what happens off the field. I noticed on, I guess it's Pitt's website that they said you're majoring in pre-med with a minor of business. Um, what, what would you like to do when you graduate? Um, so yeah, I'm really interested in sort of the business side of medicine. Um, and more so medicine than business. So, um, hopefully could pursue a career as a doctor someday. Cool. That's awesome. Um, well, obviously best of luck with that. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about hot spurs. Um, cause, uh, you know, we, like I mentioned, to you off air, we've talked to we've talked to Coach Tomo, we've talked to um, you know Nikki Kolarak from the guys team. How did you get involved with Pittsburgh Hotspurs? Um, so after my senior year of high school, when club was sort of coming to an end, I had a period of time before um, I started college soccer that I really wanted to continue playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and my assistant coach at Pitt. Uh, recommended playing for a WPSL team. He mentioned that some of the other players had done it and really felt that they were able to improve and like maintain their skill as there was sort of some off time. Mm-hmm. So I did some research and I found uh, what was Steel City at the time and I decided to try out and I was really happy that I did. I was going to say, do did, did, did you feel that, you know, I guess this would have been last season, that that really helped to sort of keep you in game shape and prepare you for the college season? Yeah, for sure. Um, I really think the team fostered a really positive playing environment, but also one that was competitive. So it was challenging, and I was able to both maintain my skill but also improve on something that I struggled with. So that was definitely helpful going into the college season. That's awesome. It it looks like that the uh, the tryouts um, for the Hot Spurs are going to be December twenty first, which is this weekend at Linton Middle School. I guess have you been in touch with any of the the players since the season ended, and are you excited to get out there with the team? Um, yeah, I've been in touch with a few of them a little bit, um, and I'm definitely super excited to get out there with everyone again um, and see some of the people who I haven't seen in a while, but also hopefully see some new faces. That's awesome. I guess, what would you say to anybody that's considering coming to tryouts? You know, why, why should they consider playing for Hotspurs? Um, well, I would say definitely anyone considering trying out to do so. Um, especially if they're a college, a local college athlete, um, looking to like improve or maintain their skill over the summer. Um, I think it was a really helpful way um, for me to do that. So I definitely recommend that. Um, but also I think the connection that Hotspurs has with the youth teams um, is a really important reason to try out because I feel like Pittsburgh doesn't really have enough female um, role model athletes. So I think the women involved in this team can uh, step into that role for some of the youth players um, and show them that there's 
that women can pursue uh, sports at a higher level, whether that's um, college or professionally, and etc. Yeah, we, we had talked to a number of people from Steel City as the season was unfolding last year. And, you know, obviously there was a huge focus on trying to do stuff within the community and, and being those positive role models. Um, I guess, were you able to get involved with any of that last year? Or are you looking forward to doing some of that stuff this year? Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to be involved um, last year, but I'm definitely really looking forward to that this year. Yeah, I mean, the, the anytime you can sort of get involved with, obviously, youth players or kids who have never played the game before and sort of give them sort of a firsthand experience and, you know, they sort of look up to you, obviously, as sort of the college player, the pro, um, it's it's an amazing experience. So, yeah, obviously, that'll be great, you know, this, this offseason. I guess, what are you most excited about heading into the 2020 season for the WPSL? Um, I think I'm most excited about getting back um, with everyone from last year. Um, and really working together as a team to grow um, and hopefully make a run to the playoffs. Yeah, that would be great. I guess um, I was going to ask about Coach Tomo because we've had him on and he seems like a nice guy. Is he as nice as a coach on the field or uh, does he sort of give it to you a little bit? Um, I really like Coach Tomo. I think, um, you know, he's strict when he has to be. So, um I think that's good, and I think his uh, coaching style is effective. He's not always super aggressive. He knows, you know, when to not be super aggressive. Um, But I think all the feedback he's given me has been really helpful and structural. So, yeah. That's great. Well, um, you know, Christina, we really appreciate you coming on and joining us today. Obviously, uh, you know, anybody who is sort of approaching that college level or is in the college level is looking to get some time in between seasons. It sounds like Hotspurs is a great opportunity. Like we said, tryouts are going to be December 21st, which is this weekend at Linton Middle School in Penn Hills. Christina, have a great holiday. Best of luck with tryouts, and, uh, and here's to a great offseason. Yes, thank you so much. All right, so that was a great interview with Christina. Thanks again to her for dropping by. I am joined now by Josh, Liz, and Steve. Hey, guys, what's going on? Oh, hey, girl. Hey. Hey, Hey, girl, hey. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, Guys, you just – well, oh, I guess I almost did it again. First of all, we have to welcome baby Raina Jean Ashcraft to the world. Yes. Laura Ellen had a beautiful baby girl. Steve, you were at the hospital. You you got to yeah. see them. Everybody's good? Yeah, yeah. I got to go over, uh, what was that, last Wednesday and see them in the hospital. So I think the day before they ended up going home, uh, uh, all three of them uh, were uh, in some level of wanting a lot of sleep, uh, I think for very <laughs> different reasons. Um, but everybody looked great. <laughs> Um, uh, Laura Ellen was uh, was doing really well, um, uh, and uh, Justin, I think, uh, just uh, plugging along, uh figuring out what it means to be a dad, changing lots of diapers and uh, figuring all that out. And uh, baby Raina, she was a cutie. She just sat in my arms for almost an hour, just asleep and just like, I mean, just, yeah. I mean, when they're that that young, I mean, babies are just very easy to hold. <laughs> they're not squirming around and throwing their body all over the place. But I mean, yeah, just, I mean, cute little baby. Um, I, I did forget how heavy babies are, though, after enough time. I'm like, man, I need to work out some more. <laughs> <laughs> I'll um, have to take your word. 
I, I have no clue. <laughs> I mean, I've only had nieces. They're not talking from my own like long-term life experience, but. But yeah, obviously huge congratulations to, uh, to both Justin and Laura Allen. Um, yeah. I can't wait to get you guys back on the show and, and talk about it. And uh, yeah. And, no, and, I, and your I, person. I do want to say one of the things we talked about and want to run this by you live on air to see what you and Josh think. Um, uh, Justin and Laura Ellen and I agreed that we should replace the victory beverage sound with a baby Raina cry. Hard pass. It's a live sound. It's not pre-recorded. So it's going to be, unless she's going to bring the baby on every single episode, it's going to be hard. Now, wait, we did say, like, we started to do, like, if somebody swore, then we would replace it. At one point, we talked about doing a dolphin sound. We would swear on the show. I I know, right? Who does that? been too long Liz um guys let's 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 talk about the uh the Steel Army Christmas party so obviously I was not able to make it but it sounds like great times were to be had by all um somebody said Bob Lilly dropped by and said he'd be there for an hour and then stayed for three which is like fantastic and you know absolutely what I would expect um Josh give me the rundown what happened give me the highlights yeah, it was awesome. So uh, this was probably twice as big as it was last year, as far as the number of people that showed up. We had it at the same location. This uh, was it called the Serbian Club or something like that, or yeah, yeah, um, uh, down and off of East Carson. And it was just a blast because you know it's just long enough where we haven't seen everyone from the Steel Army because of off season. And being like, man, forgot what it was like hanging out with everyone, and just like. You know, just BSing, having fun, having a lot of food. We had so much food. Uh, and, yeah, Bob showing up. Kind of like it, it was like a day of surprise because we got a message like a couple hours before. It's like, hey, Bob's going to uh, be there. Like, okay, cool. And then he shows up. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be here for like an hour or so. And then, yeah, he ended up staying pretty much close to place down with everyone else. And, it, like, left right at the end. And we... we Shipped them off with like a whole plate of food, like wrapped up. Be like, here, take more. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. He, he chatted with everyone. He made it a point uh, to go around and pretty much go to every single table, talk with people, and just you know let them know that he was there and like if they had any questions. And it was just really cool. It's that's another one of those things. You know, small club, second division. You, you get that personal touch. You, you're not going to get that in any other league. It almost sounded like the president was coming. Like you get this weird text from like the CIA, like Bob's Bob's going to be there. <laughs> Make sure all the exits are secure. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, Liz, I saw you posted some sort of picture in Discord. What were you making? Like, what was the? Somebody was excited about something. Oh, so I make um, vegan chili, and mm. then I also did roasted vegetables, just because we have enough people who vegetarian or vegan and i like to make sure that they have food and then they can take home stuff too because it's like that or fried chicken oh yeah fried chicken based right yeah (laughs) like there's a ton of good food but um yeah our group is just kind of diversified as far as food has gone so now you have these weird healthy things along with all of the beer and the sweets (laughs) these these foreign healthy things to go with yeah um so so what was your favorite what was your favorite part of the of the party I mean, it's when when Bob showed up and we fought about who was going to buy who drinks. That's definitely the best part of the party. Wait, wait. <laughs> you you fought with Bob about who was going to buy drinks? 
I said I was going to buy him a drink. And he said, um, no, I'm pretty sure I'm going to buy you a drink. <laughs> and then there were me, Tammy, and Nathan were at the corner of the bar. And he just looks at the bartender. He's like, start my tab and give those three a drink. And I was like, well, <laughs> I guess you win. <laughs> That's awesome. Steve, what was your favorite part? Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I think like Josh, just getting to see everybody again after a little while. I mean, um, something that, yeah, I mean, it's hard to do. Um, uh, the other thing though, yeah, I mean, having Bob there just, I mean, that made for a really fun night. Um, I mean, all sorts of little, little nuggets that he was talking about that, um, are, are making some indications about how, um, you know, there's probably going to be some changes that not everybody is going to expect or understand. Um, but just his confidence in where the team is going, even if people like me are skeptical that, um, if, if certain players don't come back that we'll, we'll get them. And I think that goes along with kind of what he was talking about last week uh, with you all that like, there's, there's going to be some changes and he's going to, going to keep going. So. Yeah. One other ago? thing about that was uh, I was, I, I think I heard him say this at least like three or four times, but from what I understand, he said to a lot of people was him apologizing for last season, how it ended and like him feeling super bad about, you know, he pretty much said like, it, the front office did everything they were supposed to do. The stands were full. The Steel Army did everything they're supposed to do. They was loud. The T felt like pretty much saying like the stage was set and he let everyone down. And like you just felt for him because you could tell he really meant that he's like, I am so sorry. This was, you know, that wasn't how that season should have ended. And yeah, you just kind of like you could tell how much he cares about what he's doing and what the hounds are doing and how it's going and like that investment and which is really cool to see in person. At that point, nobody approached him and said, like, hashtag two subs, did they? Like, they just, like, let it slide. <laughs> no, no you, you, you wouldn't dare. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, okay, you could tell, it. like, you know, it was, it would be just, like, throwing a dagger into his heart. And, like, he, yeah, it was just, like, you understood <laughs> he was coming from as far as, like, his passion and his just understanding about the situation. Yeah. And, Steve, you mentioned, um, you know, he sort of, divulged some information about next season. We're intentionally not divulging it because we're not sure right. if it's, you know, officially allowed to be discussed. We won't do it here. Maybe we'll bring it up on the after show because anybody that was there heard exactly what he said. Mm -hmm. um, it's being, you know, discussed in discord and things like that, but uh, we're just not going to talk about it right now. We'll, we'll, like yeah. And, and I don't want to talk about it because I mean, the way Bob talked about some of that was, you know, like right now, doesn't look like it's happening but things could change and and so you know it, it, nothing's final i think until we actually have a final roster so why speculate yeah but him talking about like his confidence with what he's seen in the combines and the combines that he's going to go to and he's like he already has a short list started he you know what i mean he's like he's like i got 12 people that i really like and he's like I'm not ready to sign all of them. He's like, I'm probably ready to sign two or three of them. And he's like, and I got a couple of other contracts. He's there written up, but I'm not handing them over yet because I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, fill those spots too early. I got to save room for what's not going to get signed for MLS. I got to save room for if I want a foreign player. He's like, I don't look foreign very often. He's like, but I got to save it for the right person. He's like, that's how we got Vanky Zeal. Do you know what I mean? Like he yeah. had that spot open and he waited until um, he wasn't able to uh, get an MLS spot. So he, his confidence in what he's seeing and what he's building and his talk about depth, you know, like that's something that we talked about the, you know, two subs, 
Like he's like, I didn't have, he didn't have, he's like, I didn't have depth. I know what I didn't have last year that I need to do this year. He's like, I didn't fill up too early. He's like, but I didn't fill the right spots for the game that I play. So just hearing him talk about his confidence in the game and what he's seeing is it's really encouraging. And I think it's, it makes him extremely relatable too, right? I mean, it's one thing to sort of make these decisions behind closed doors and it's like, oh, you know, I'm always right. Or, you know, I got this wrong. But the fact that he comes out and is just like, look, this is what we're doing. Um, this is why I do it and I'm going to stick to my guns. And like I said, when he brought up, you know, basically signing Mertz late last year and Vonky Azeal late the year before, I'm like, well, there you go. Like I, would I love to see an entire team together right now and get hyped for next season? Sure. But you put those two examples in front of me, then I can't argue with that. So it's like, yeah, you take all the time you want and let's see who's going to be the new Mertz Vonky Azeal for 2020. Cause that's, mm-hmm. that's awesome. So, um, I guess, guys, anything else from the Christmas party or, or um, you know, what's the what's the next big Steel Army event that's coming up where you guys are going to get to see everybody again? It's probably going to be preseason. I mean, we're going to have the AGM um, uh, right before the season starts that we always have. But even before that, we usually have a couple preseason games we go to uh, and kind of just everyone show up and their free games and see what the new team's looking like. So. Yeah. Was there any talk at the Christmas party about when the preseason games might kick off? I know we haven't got an official schedule yet. No, nothing. No, there was nothing about that at all. Bummer. Um, I mean, it'll look, be, it'll be cold and snowy and awful. <laughs> I was going to say we we started the season early March last year, so you figure we're like two months away. So things have got to start kicking off soon. Like yeah. you figure yeah. preseason February and games in March. Yeah. So literally like a month away, which is crazy crazy um we've got some big plans that we gotta figure out how to squeeze in in the next month which is (laughs) gonna be interesting but uh yeah um all right cool so i'm glad the party went went really well um it sounds like fun was had by all there was a ton of stuff that happened across the usl just this week um and uh we figured we would touch on at least touch on pretty much all of it so the first big news that came out was that the Miami FC, they're they're really <laughs> emphasizing the, announced that they're going to be joining the USL Championship in 2020. So basically, they're moving over from the league they were in, and they got Ottawa's rights because Ottawa is folding, which I think we talked about. Um, yeah, I can't remember if we talked about it on the show or not. Josh, is this a good thing that the Miami FC are joining USL? Scott, wonder are you are you throwing it to me because I'm from Ohio and you're making an Ohio <laughs> jab right now? I, I, is this like a subtle little thing you're doing right here? You take it however you want. Man. <laughs> All right, I was just, I was just wondering, but no, I I think it's a good thing. I think it's a very interesting de- development um, as far as like NASA goes or um, that whole league with you know they were supposed to join that league and they were going to start next season and that's the same league that the New York Cosmos went into and it's like this big thing and it was all like this is an independent league it's not you know controlled by USSF and like all this other stuff and now they're kind of like yeah, yeah we'd rather be in USL so that that's an interesting development if nothing else uh, just the drama in US soccer uh, that that's going to cause or has caused already but also they're they're not like a small team they're not a you know small fry this is going to be a major player i think in usl going forward which is going to be crazy i don't know what to expect i don't know if they're going to outspend everyone in the league if they're going to be like a a a phoenix situation or or how's this going to play out so it's 
the fact that it's happening in you know in our conference as well is kind of like okay this is this could be huge this could be a big you know maybe first place is not going to be as easy next season yeah um you know in addition you mentioned sort of the drama uh there was a lot written up about the fact that they have a lawsuit against what u.s soccer because there's no pro rel something like that like they're coming into the championship and they're <laughs> yes. suing yeah um so they're suing ussf because they they feel like that they favor mls in other like the pretty much just mls uh more so than other leagues and that was part of the nesl's issue uh and why they had a fold they said and like getting sanctioned as a second division third division whatever so they have a lawsuit along with pretty much i think cosmos and a couple other teams from nesl about the whole situation i still suspect it has not been said but i suspect part of this agreement to go into usl might be to drop that lawsuit from them only like i'm sure you know cosmos are never going to drop it they're going to go full on as long as they can until they go under again um but yeah i i got feeling we might hear that uh miami is no longer suing ussf so wait, are you suggesting you think that the USL made a deal to allow Miami to join us on the condition that they drop the lawsuit? I think so. USL- I don't think that can be legal. I mean, <laughs> you drop your lawsuit against me and I'll... That's it's the, not against that's them. That's backdoor shady shit. <laughs> Baby cry. Yeah, um, <laughs> but no, I don't, I don't think it is... I mean, first off, USL is not the one being sued by Miami. It's USSF. I don't think USL wants any part of getting on the bad side of USSF. Because there's no reason for that. Like, they've been playing ball with them. That's why we're probably second division at this point and not third division like we used to be, is because they were able to play nice with the Federation and with MLS. So I'd be very surprised if they're cool with, you know, one of their teams suing the Federation. We'll see, though. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Um so that was one piece. I, of- I want to chime in on that. Yeah, yeah, like, go, yeah, go for it. I love everything about uh, the Miami FC coming into the league just because I think it's going to cause so many controversial conversations like these. Um, that, like, there's all of the NASL, NA, NISA stuff that's going on. There's um, the potential that we don't know what's going on with that lawsuit. But then there's the whole other Miami controversy where they're coming into the league at the same time that. Uh, uh, Inter-Miami is going to MLS and they're going to be competing over fans in there. So I just think this is going to be great just to like see headlines and see people getting upset and arguing over which team is better and whatnot. And I just think like it's going to bring headlines to the sport and good or bad, you know, like I think it's going to get people interested in the controversy that goes around this team. I can't wait to see uh, Fort Lauderdale, or not Fort Lauderdale, I mean uh, the Rowdies. I yeah. want to see how that uh, relationship forms now between the two clubs because that could be a cool yeah. little rivalry between those two as well. So it's 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 going to be fun. I, I don't think there's anything bad about it, yeah. personally. Yeah. I mean, Steve, I think to your point, I'm going to be interested to see how many people turn out to watch a the Miami FC game expecting to see Beckham there, like not realizing that it's like, oh, no, it's, <laughs> yes. it's, it's the yes. other team. It's the other Miami team. Yeah, not the same ownership. Yeah, but if we can get him there, we can get him to stay. That's true. Like, you know what? I, I was disappointed, and then there was crazy fun times. It's cool. That's right. It's fine. That's true. Um, 
I guess moving on, talking about another quote-unquote new team, because Bethlehem Steel <laughs> are officially no more. They are now called Philadelphia Union 2. Um, Liz, do you have feelings about Bethlehem Steel going away and it now being Philadelphia Union 2? Yeah, it makes me sad. I like if you're going... I don't care about two teams if they have an independent identity. I think that when they were building an independent identity, they had mostly their own roster. There wasn't a lot of movement back and forth. Like you got to see, you didn't have, you know, someone coming back from injury and just healing on the two team as much. I think that you got a lot of, you just got to have your own team as opposed to saying, well, I'm just rooting for the lesser MLS team. And like, that just doesn't, it doesn't ever feel good. There's no good way to explain it. Um, so I, it's, I, I think it's really disappointing. Yeah. Steve, what do you think? I, I absolutely hate it. I, I really appreciate Liz's point right there. I think there's a difference between a, uh, developmental team and a two team and Bethlehem steel was a developmental team. Put the young players there, let them get playing time. A two team, you're going to see a lot more like you saw with, uh, I mean, even though they're branded differently, Tacoma, uh, and, uh, uh, RSL won, won the USL. Oh, yeah. uh, um, Real Monarchs, yeah. yeah Monarchs. Um, where you're seeing a lot of MLS players playing a lot of time for those teams. Um, and you didn't see that with Bethlehem. Um, I, and I just like, I just dislike the just slapping a two and tweaking a logo. Um, I get that they're stuck in Philly because they couldn't find a good location to stay in Bethlehem. Um, but at least do something a little different, right? Like, don't just make it Philadelphia Union 2. It takes the rivalry aspect that we used to have starting to build with them completely out of it for me. It's like, I don't care about Philadelphia Union 2 at all. Bethlehem Steel, I cared about when we played them because I wanted to beat them. The MLS 2 team, screw it. I think what makes it tough for me is that for a while now, we've sort of pointed at Beth Steele and said, look, this is the formula. Like if you have an MLS team, you create a two team, you put them in a different town so that they have their own set of fans. You have the youth system that sort of feeds that developmental team. It goes all the way up and through. And then just to sort of see them, you know, pull that rug out and be like, well, now nah, it's Philly. Too. And I know, yep. I know there were restrictions. I'm, I'm sorry. Justin isn't here. I know he has all sorts of thoughts about it. Um, following union closely, but um, it, yeah, it just, it stinks. Josh. Yeah. I mean, it does stink. I, what I'm more upset by is the fact that they're out of Lehigh Valley. Now I'm, I'm as far as the name goes, I could care less as far as that part is concerned because I, I do like them having their own identity, but I I never felt great about them just kind of ripping a name from history and being like we're this team now, especially when they were a two team. Because Bethlehem Steel means something. That's a team that has history. That's a team that has notoriety in like American soccer, and it 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 always felt a little bit cheap to be like, hey, we bought that name, and now we're just gonna slap it on this team. Same way I felt feel about uh, Cosmos, uh, like. New York Cosmos, that's that's not actually the New York Cosmos. That's at least they're playing in New York, I guess, but still, like that's not actually the team that is that historic team. They just bought the rights to the name and slapped it on a new team. And it has no one involved from the original, you know, uh lineage of that history. Same thing with Best Steel. So I I kind of am happy that they're not using Best Steel, but the part of that sucks is the fact that they're playing in Philly. Well, technically they're playing in Chester, I think, which is like 
half an hour outside of Philly. But yeah. still, it's Philly. I yeah. mean, that's just so they don't play in a, you know, thousands and thousands uh, stadium uh, as far as, like, uh, Philly stadium. So it, it is unfortunate. I don't like seeing teams being right next to each other because now even less people are going to show up. We saw it last year. I mean, if you watched any of the best steel games from last year, they were just what you expect from a two-team, and that sucks. Yeah. Agreed. Moving on, um, lots of teams with, you know, new names and new logos and new kits. The first one we'll talk about that got it right was the battery. They got a new logo and they got a sweet kit. Liz, I know you had a hot take on it. What, uh, what do you think of these things? So, like, my hottest take was I I think it makes me feel. I just don't know what. And then, <laughs> and then you gave me this topic for the show and I was like, obviously, you don't read my Twitters. So I'm really offended, first of all. But because of you, not because of them. Yeah, I... I don't like that they went from a crest to a circle. I would have liked them to keep the shape. Um, that, I don't know, it's just a personal preference. I think the new logo is fine. They are using their colors. They kept their, you know, guns. That's, you know. The good. cannons. Yeah. Right, yeah. Like, it's, it's fine. I, it doesn't get me excited. It doesn't make me upset. Like, it's just, it is what it is. I saw... The kits, and at first I thought my screen wasn't loading properly, like there was a glitch in the system. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I mean, that's that's a good way to do stripes. Like, it's it's different. I, I would buy it if, you know, they were my kits. So, yeah, I mean, they did things right, and that's good for them. Look, I think, I think your reaction <laughs> is, especially not as a battery fan, is probably, I don't want to say the ideal situation for them, but considering how terribly these things can go sometimes the fact that you were like oh, yeah yeah sure okay like that's that's a great floor to be like that's where we, we need to be and i think they did it i think he, most mm. people that you see either think it was just like eh, or they thought this was great steve do you where where do you fall on that scale no i i think they did a fantastic job i mean is it perfect probably not um but they kept the identity that they have with the cannons they added in the uh the moon from the south carolina flag um uh, and it, uh, it's the battery still like i see it and i still think battery i think that's great um it, it's different i think in a way that makes it nice and clean and simple i think it's more modern um Sure. There's a lot of different ways you can do this. Uh, I'll put it this way. We, like, it's way better than what Cincy or Nashville did with their MLS moves, right? Like, those are teams that got it wrong. And it's just like, what the heck are you doing? Um, as is the next thing we're going to talk about. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I like everything about it. Um, my only concern is that they got some nice looking kits and either we're just going to look like we're ripping their kits off by doing the same thing or we don't use those. And I kind of wish we could have got those. Yeah, that's a good point. I think Justin made the point uh, in our chat that uh, it's going to be really difficult watching the Hounds play the battery because of, first of all, you know, it always sort of has been, but the black and gold, um, especially if they're doing stripes and we end up doing stripe, it's going to make it tricky when watching it on game day. Josh, I think they're still doing red as their third color. Like they have it in the socks for yeah. the one, so they yeah. may still have a red third kit, so we could still see that come out. Yeah. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, um, I, I love the, the logo. I love the crest. I feel, feel like it, it is what we said before. It's a, a perfect way to 
pay homage to the heritage of the team to kind of update the logo, not completely reinvent it. It, it. it just feels like a more clean version of their old crest. And I love that. And it, it, it looks great. And I love the addition of the crescent moon thing, like from the uh, flag. So that, that looks great. Um, I am kind of sad by the kits because the kits, like they're known for, they were known for those bold stripes, vertical stripes and like that was their their look and i feel like they could have kept that look with the new crest and it would have been fine it would have been a new updated look because that that i mean they they just look classy the the bold vertical lines so by going to this new kit like this new design it kind of just throws that out and i guess they are kind of limited if they were to keep the old uh bold vertical lines but i still would have wished to see that trend stay uh instead of completely changing it i mean i feel like that's kind of what nike does right where they come in and it's like you know oh we know this is what you've done forever so we're gonna take one little piece of that and come up with something that's completely new and different i mean it's kind of like you know i think back to what they did with barcelona where barcelona was vertical stripes forever and then nike was like ah, now you're gonna be checker pattern and just like same colors but we're just gonna screw with it because we're nike and we can so yeah i kind of feel like that's sort of what was pulled here um yeah but otherwise i think in terms of how to do a rebrand it's it's very interesting to me that you know sort of the two remaining old guard teams are the ones that sort of got it right you know us and them um and you have teams you know steve like you said cincy nashville and now we have a a third one to that list uh Lou City just announced yeah. their new logo. They have a today. new name. They have a new name <laughs> too. They're no longer Louisville. Did you read the press li- press release? Officially, they are still still Louisville City. They made that a point, but they, they didn't just put couldn't that on the logo. be bothered to put that on their right. press. Yeah, I mean, obviously not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I I think you know <laughs> the first thing that came to mind for me was that it 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 looks like. Literally, like, the designer was like, hey, I'm going to throw together some mock-ups just to give you some ideas. And this was, like, one of six rough ideas that they were just like, yep, that's our final. And they just took it and threw it up, and there's no polish. And it just, ugh, it just, yeah, it's bad. It's, uh, I mean, the only thing I'll give them credit for is it is clean. Like, it's easy to see and make out the elements, but that's it. The elements themselves are just trash. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Vesti and the Steel Army Slack actually pointed out before, like, when we, we knew that there was a vertical or, like, a horizontal line through the middle of the crest, and we hadn't seen it yet, he was like, oh, that kind of sounds like the MLS crest, like the default MLS crest. And then when it came out, I was like, holy crap, this is the MLS crest, pretty much. They... They rounded it instead of having it, or I mean, they squared it up instead of having it rounded like the MLS crest is. But it literally has like the three symbols in the top. MLS has the three stars. It has like the, it just looks just like what you would expect from there. And that is very disappointing. It's very much a, a it's too simple. Like whereas Charleston's crest is simple, it, it still has a uniqueness to it. Whereas this really does feel like just elements from a flag and the you know i can't remember what those symbols are called what are they called the florida lee yeah florida lee. yeah those uh they just 
pasted onto a generic crest, and that's it. And why why put your nickname on the crest and not your actual team name? <laughs> Is it that hard? Like, use a smaller font. It's not a big deal. Or, like, don't put it inside the shield. Put it, like, right outside the shield. Like, it just makes no sense. And I know, like, people are saying, like, eh, it's not that bad. The sad part is it's just boring. It's not that it's terrible looking. It's just boring. It's forgettable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in this day and age where everybody's trying to get a leg up on marketing and they have a new stadium coming out next year, which I think everybody's so excited about like this, they would have been better off doing nothing and just like keep the, keep the crust they have now go into the season with all the excitement about the stadium. But this is like a stain on that whole thing now where it's just, it just it's it's bad and and i think what's fresh yeah. I, I mean some of the defenders out there were like well you know they used a local design organization to do it and it's like that's fine like it doesn't mean it has to look like it's made with crayon like it just <laughs> there uh, have to be better designers in lucidity there yeah. have to be <laughs> yeah i you know like i think we can criticize their old crest i mean it was a little overly complicated and whatnot, but at least it had some style to it, right? I mean, I mean, was the city skyline that they that stylized city skyline the best thing they could have had on it? No, but you know what? It showed up well because of the gold in it, and this strips that completely out, and it just makes it what purple, black, and white basically. And it's just like there's nothing nothing that draws you to it if somebody walked by me on the street wearing a hat with that on it i probably wouldn't even look twice and try to figure out what it was because like josh said it's boring yeah it just yeah, it's so generic and why get rid of the gold like the gold was a cool element to their crests and they got rid of that completely and also with that is like they they could have just simplified their old crests yep. like instead of having the details and like the the windows and all that kind of stuff like they used to have just like streamline that down i, I I just can imagine a way that they could have done this, which, by the way, they didn't have to do. Right. The, the old crest wasn't bad. No, no one was pointing at Louis, me, and like, wow, look at that outdated crest. No one cared. Right. Everyone thought it was fine. Right. It, it wasn't a cartoon dog like we moved away exactly. from, right? Like, like, like we yeah. needed something different. And, like, I thought ours was bad enough where, like, the waves cover up the bottom of the inner crest, but their stars don't fit at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, someone got the proportions wrong, and they're like, you know what? good enough and they submitted it and then someone said yes what's happening and the sad part is the fact that the stars don't fit is the only thing that makes that crest look a little bit interesting and it's not even a good way it's just it just makes you like look twice being like oh those cut off yeah those are cut off that's weird that's the only reason why i look twice at the crest who bothered to knock off a dumb crest oh that's 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 the actual one worse uh, I mean, what, what that reminds me of is like all the criticism that I was seeing when Chicago went through or knew that they were going to go through a rebrand and everybody was like throwing out all these ideas and people were like, oh, man, like you're not a good graphic designer. And I feel like all the same criticisms of like the amateur designs that people were throwing out for Chicago should be set against this crest. Yeah, yeah I, I will still say that Chicago's redesigns worse. It's like the Chicago Fires redesign looks worse than this one. But that's just because Chicago tried to do something really out there and do something kind of weird. Whereas Louis... They at least failed spectacularly. Exactly. At least they went for it. Louis just doesn't even look like they went for it. They're like, they were scared. They're like, ah, this is is good, right? No one's going to yell about this. No, no one's going to yell about it. No one's even going to look at it twice. (laughs) 
you know, everyone knows about the Chicago Fire, so let's just celebrate that every day, <laughs> all day. Hey, my favorite part about this conversation, yeah. Is just looking at Mike's face as he's just laughing hysterically to himself at everything we're saying. Well, the, I mean, the ironic <laughs> he's thing thoroughly is, is enjoying the, this. The ironic thing is, is that I actually kind of somewhat like the Chicago Firecrest. I don't, I, I don't love it. I know, I know. Listen, I don't love it. I love it in the way that, like, I, I almost see it almost as like a as like a Cybertruck kind of thing, where I think that. <laughs> when the Cybertruck first came out, there was a lot of people that were like, I love it. And I was like, you're out of your freaking mind. That thing is hideous. And I feel like I'm one of those people that at the at the start of it is like, I kind of love it. And I feel like time will sort of do that logo okay. It's not as terrible as everybody thinks. It'll be fine. This Louisville City logo, I don't think it's ever going to be okay. Like, I think I it's just going to last more than like three seasons. I think yeah. that they're going to have another redesign. <sighs> yeah. I've got to disagree on the Chicago thing, Mike. Like <laughs> the Chicago thing, at, at least the Cybertruck serves a purpose. The Chicago logo does serves no purpose. That's 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 you know, fair. It's 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 cute like a pug. It's so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this: How many years can is acceptable, or uh, how do I phrase this? How long, like Louisville, like let's say the ownership is crap in their pants right now. How many years do they have to live with this before they're allowed to like rebrand again? And it be acceptable. I feel like if, if it, it has so much public outcry and it keeps on having the same public outcry a year from now, like if people aren't like, eh, I'm over it, it looks fine. If they're still complaining about it, you can get rid of it next year. Like, I don't think anyone's going to complain. This and, is the same problem you have in business. It's okay to be wrong and admit mm-hmm. it and move on with your life. Someone <laughs> should just be willing to say, you know what? I made the wrong choice. Let's try again. <laughs> And you know what? I hope they make the decision, and I hope the fans make the decision that I'm not spending money on this. And they're like, okay, we need something different. Yeah, that's like, a good point. And that's what that's, that's what I think changes it. I was gonna say that's what's don't tough. Buy it. So Louisville the, fans don't buy that stuff. Yeah, it, it's tough because the team, the product is good. Like the team is good. It's just mm-hmm. like don't buy the hats and the uniforms and the shirts and make them right. go back and do it again. And there you go. Go. Go spend money on uh, on your supporters group gear. Yeah, this is a way for them to get everyone on board with going to MLS because they know as soon as they go to MLS, they have to rebrand again because of whole MLS. You can't <laughs> have the same logo. So really, what this is, they're like, listen, if you want to get rid of this, get behind us and let's try to get MLS. <laughs> How nervous would you be as a fan though? Like, oh, we got we got to do this again. Like, they're not yeah. gonna get it right again. This is gonna be awful. This is gonna be like Nashville. Like a mulligan. You're just like, okay, we got to retry this. Let's let's. <laughs> Try it again. Oof. I would just keep resubmitting ideas. Be like, hey, when you're ready, here, here's something. What about this one? <laughs> maybe this one? Like, just maybe maybe once a month, send in just, just a new plan. Just give them ideas. Should we do that as, like, our service to Louisville? Just every month we just send them a new Louisville logo? Like we did. <laughs> I'm just going to keep on sending them the original logo from, like, not the last one, but before that. That was absolutely horrendous. It was like a bulging <laughs> barrel that looks stupid. Like, we're just going to send them that one over and over again. Because that would be better than this one. Uh, all right. I guess enough enough kicking Louisville. Although, it is <laughs> enjoyable. <laughs> Oh, Lou City, Lou City. Lou City. Lou City. I'm gonna, I'm gonna trip so many times between St. Louis and Lou City that it's just gonna, yep. yeah, that's a mess. <sighs> okay, something else that, that was announced this past week. We got U.S. Open Cup changes for 2020. Um, Steve, give us, give us the highlights. What's, uh, what's actually changing, and why should we care? 
Yeah, so um, so the schedule is getting thrown in a blender and coming out a lot farther apart. Um, so uh, things will be starting earlier, um, which means there's more space between uh, game day rounds, uh, which is, I mean, I think especially as you get farther into the tournament, a lot better when you've got the um, the uh, USL League One, the USL Championship, and MLS teams coming in that have pretty busy schedules uh, middle of the summer anyway. So um, what that means is you won't see, in all likelihood, teams like the Hounds going uh, league game on the weekend, Open Cup game on Wednesday, league game again on the weekend, Open Cup game on Wednesday. Like, that's going to disappear. So there will be some more time built into that, which is good. So schedule uh, congestion is going to be a lot better. Um, uh the other aspect with that, though, that that does is it changes uh, the availability for some of the lower tier teams. So this is going to aff- affect the NISA teams and the USL uh, League Two teams the most, um, that most of their players that play for college teams probably are not going to be available. And uh, if you go out and look at different social media, a lot of people are upset about that. Um so there's just that aspect of it, right? I mean, those guys are there. There are a lot of times on scholarship. They're not going to give up uh, their time there to play for a, a semi-pro uh, team uh, in the Open Cup. Um, the other big change, the bottom half of MLS teams will enter a round earlier. Uh, so they'll be coming into the third round. And that means that the USL teams are now entering in the second round. So uh, half of MLS and the USL are all earlier. Um, uh so that's just going to change uh, some of the matchups as well. Um, uh, the nice thing that I like about that, I, I think, um, if it works as I expect it to, is um, uh, earlier advantage to potentially see some MLS teams uh, a little earlier and playing the bottom level teams in that round. So hopefully uh, USL teams might have a little bit better of a chance to advance because they're not playing. Uh, not all the analyst teams are coming at the same time. So it's not like you might get drawn against Atlanta uh, or LAFC, right? Like you could be sitting there playing against one of the bottom teams and might be an easier game to win. So who knows? Maybe that'll that'll give some USL teams a little bit more of an opportunity to go forward. Um, uh, there's some articles out there. Uh, um, MLS has an article out about all of these changes. Um, it's on the MLS website. Um, so go take a look. Look for it. Um, one of the other interesting tidbits in there is it talked about the prize money. Um, so uh, the winners, um, uh, they will walk away uh, with a uh, bit of money uh lost what that number was um 300 um the runner-up will get a uh, hundred thousand and then the top team um from each division um uh, so the team that makes it the farthest of each level of the pyramid will get a twenty five thousand dollar cash prize um so if you're the last remaining team from your level you, you get that as well so um we know what the prizes are ahead of time uh, this year, um, and there's some pretty pretty decent ones to be had if you're the top uh, League One or USL team. That's awesome. Liz, real quick, yay, nay. Are you happy with these changes or not? Sure. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that if you're going to put in teams earlier, um, that's great for getting some diversity. I think spreading out the schedule is great because the – 
Otherwise, you're going to get complaints from, you know, the bottom 11 U.S. or MLS teams who, you know, anyone who does advance and then gets kicked out, like in the quarterfinals, well, we had so many more games and we had tired legs. And so giving that opportunity for healing, I think it also helps prevent um, injuries. You know, everyone knows that you're going to have these kinds of competitions and these kinds of things happening and to prevent injury and time to heal is a is a big deal. So I, I, yeah, sure. I don't know. Josh, good, bad? <laughs> um, it, It's okay because it doesn't do everything I wanted it to do. I was really hoping we would see something in there about the lower division team would always host the game yeah. uh, because I do think that is the best thing that could happen for this as far as watchability. Uh, all the games are still going to be streamed on ESPN+, Plus, which is great. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to watch a game and see an empty MLS stadium because they're playing a Division 2, or actually even Division 3 at this point, uh, team. And that's exactly what's going to happen if they win the draw. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind is... This will make it so teams will take the cup a little bit more seriously because of the spread out uh, format. It used to be kind of a hindrance. Like if you were making a run in your league in uh, regular league play, having a USL game or uh, US Open Cup game every week as well was made it harder to do that. So they didn't really take that game seriously. They they shoved in their like third string players, being like, "Here, you play this. If you win, cool. If not, don't worry about it." Now you you might actually see them take this a little bit more seriously, which does kind of also mean these teams coming in earlier, these eleven MLS teams, could be playing better players, which means they're more likely to win and we're less likely to see cup sets, uh, which is the only thing that makes this really fun to watch is the cup sets mm-hmm. so it, it, it's going to be interesting how this plays out i i do hope though that next season or next year i should say for the competition we might see a change in who hosts because i do think that is one of the things that could make this a lot more fun yeah i agree and i think the the interesting point too um steve you mentioned that the mls teams that enter in the third round i think are like the bottom 11 from the season before so i think what makes that interesting is now you have the potential for maybe some of these better usl teams to be playing maybe a weaker mls team at least from the season before and you do have an opportunity for some of those upsets so it's almost like it's not a huge incentive but we've talked about sort of pro rel and it's more of an incentive for mls teams you know, air quotes incentive to, you know, place higher than the top 11 or the bottom 11 so that, you know, you're at least not entering that round earlier and you don't have that chance for an upset. And I don't really think this is going to be in a lot of people's minds, but from a logistics standpoint, it seems pretty cool that, you know, you know, you're not going to be playing the top team in MLS in the third round. You've got a shot at mm-hmm. one of the bottom feeders and you have yep. a decent chance at actually winning the game. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, cool stuff. Everyone's hoping to get Cincy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe this is how they're justifying like keeping mls competitive when they have 50 clubs they <laughs> say they're gonna stop but can, hey, can we just say that like we now have the opportunity though and a realistic chance of drawing cincy because they'll be coming in earlier um and beating them in the open cup that would be nice. That'd that would be, be really amazing. Like like <laughs> that. Like 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 non-league other like like uh, joys of the season. That would that like that would put icing on the cake for next season for me if that happened. 
Agreed. I love your eyes' enthusiasm, but you just tempt the fate so often. <laughs> you say things and you make me nervous. I'm not superstitious at all. Okay. I'll be nervous for us both. Go for it. Speaking of nervous, so our last bit of news, um, there are rumors of a USL All-Star game happening in 2020. And I hear All-Star game and I hear injuries that could wreck my season. And that's all I think about. Does anybody hear All-Star game and think it's a good thing? Depends on how it's being done. So Josh was trying to explain this to me because I need a lot of help. So if it is that we are having a USL all-star team and they're going to play a, an international team then i don't like it i think that's silly i they're i mean depending on the international team either you're going to get one that is in a lower league so there's actually a competition but no one knows about it so it doesn't bring any new fans to the field or you're going to get somebody who is of a certain quality that they're just going to blow the USL team out of the water because not only are we a developmental league and we're trying to get friendly with our own teams, but now you've got to get familiar with these whole other set of players that you may or may not have played with ever. And so I don't think that does anything for anybody. But um, he was saying, Josh was saying that MLS is talking about doing an all-star game where they're playing someone in the Mexican league, like at a similar level. So then if I'm having an all-star, if there's something like that can be worked out, I would be very interested in watching that so that they were also trying to get to know their players. Um, they were at the same kind of playing level. Like, like maybe we play the Canadian teams. You know what I mean? Like MLS can play the Mexican teams and we'll do uh, a Canadian all-star team. Like I would be interested in that kind of play. I think those things are great. And you get to see, you know, people from different sides and some of these players get to hook up with each other again and like um they have these relationships uh that i think are very interesting i think that would be fun but if if it's the other way around and it's the international then i i don't know that it does anything for anybody steve would get you excited or not excited about an all-star game um yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, like, why like like the way to grow the game is not to do this one-off exhibition, no matter how you do it, whether it's an international team, whether it's the all-stars of the Canadian Premier League team like Liz is talking about, or whether it's East versus – like that's that's not going to draw fans to the sport. Invest the resources in continuing to build the pipelines to USL, continuing to get the word out about USL, and continuing to develop what's there. Um, if you want to do some sort of opportunity where you're doing more competition with USL teams, then do a USL Cup where you do League One and the championship. Um, but don't do an all-star game. It's just – it's it, – nobody cares about it. There's no investment in it. I mean, like, when was the last time you guys watched an all-star game in another sport, right? Like, nobody watches all-star games unless their, like, company is paying for them to go to the game to fill seats, right? It's I, – I, I think it's dumb. Don't you're do it, USL. This doesn't help baseball? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> they don't the love home run this? derby is the best thing about the all-star week for baseball. Well, it's the only good thing about it, right? Like, I tune in and watch, like, a skills competition. Like, I used to hate watching, like, the NHL All-Star game, but I'd, I'd tune in to see guys, like, race around the rink as fast as they could or see who could break the most things in the goal, like the targets. So, I don't know. Josh, would you tune into a skills competition if they just did that? 
Eh, probably not. I, I'm not tuning into this either, though. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I just think that an all-star game is not really beneficial to any of us, but it might be beneficial to the players, even if it is a game that is against a international side, because that is the first time these these players will actually get to maybe hang out with these international players and kind of make those relationships. So it's very possible that it could be great for them. I mean, do I think it really helps us at all as fans? No. Um, Would it be cool if it was in my town? Like, I guess maybe if it was in Pittsburgh and, you know, they were bringing like Wigan like we did back in the day or like a maybe a league uh, one team from Europe came here. That could be cool. But it's not something that I'm really going to get excited about. And there's also the thing that, you know, everyone fears is that one of their best players gets called up to the All-Star game and they get injured at said game. And now you're missing one of your best players because of a game that he played in a pointless match that no one cared about. Yeah. So, you know, like it's it's a very it's a risk, but there's always a risk when it comes to uh, players playing in other games. So I. I yeah, it's just meh. That's how I feel about it. It's just meh. Like I don't think there's anything spectacularly terrible about it, but it seems like a waste. Yeah, I agree. I think I think Steve said it well in that like if you really want to grow the sport, there are other ways to do it other than an all star game. Um, and just because that's what every other sport does doesn't mean that's what you have to do. So no other sport has pro rel, and we're talking about pro rel. And like I think something like pro rel might draw more eyes to the sport than an all star game. So. Yeah. So that's what we think. Obviously, tons and tons of news. Um, let us know what you think about the news. Guys, this is our last episode of 2019. Um, we might air some of our favorite shows over these next two weeks, but I think everyone's going to be sort of scattered about doing holiday-type stuff, so we're not actually going to have another live recording. Um, question for each of you. What are you most wishing for soccer-wise in 2020? This could be, and you can't say like a Hounds championship because everybody that we have on the show says they want a Hounds championship. No, something else. It could be anything related to Hounds. It could be like literally like something you have in your house. Like what are you, what are you most looking forward to for, or most, I'm sorry, most wishing for soccer-wise in 2020? Steve, I'll start with you. Gosh, I have not thought about this at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did um, not read past this part in the So, uh, so as as much as I said it would be amazing to beat Cincy, maybe maybe we beat Cincy in the Open Cup, but at some point, um, because you know, I'd love to be really conflicted and uh, CDC come back to mm. uh, to Highmark because that was my first ever game at Highmark. I came for DC and now I've stuck around for the Hounds. So I, I would love to see that happen again and just have to have that internal conflict. And I don't know how I would respond. <laughs> I'd be happy hounds. either way. That's the correct answer. You would root for the Hounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course I would. Uh huh. <laughs> like it would just be hard. Liz, what do you think? What are you most wishing for? I'm wishing for Robbie Mertz to get number 14 so that his entire family can buy a jersey and be happy. That's all his grandma and grandpa want. It's like their lucky number for the family, and he's 24 instead of 14, but now Noah Frankie's gone. So that's my Christmas wish is that Mertz gets number 14 and his grandma and grandpa get jerseys with the number 14 in his name. I like that. I want to note that, that Liz advocated for this 
to coach Lily at the 100%. Christmas party. It was fantastic. I definitely brought this up. And he's like, it really? was hilarious. I haven't heard anything about this. So, yeah, uh, Robbie has to actually uh, ask Lily for it, and I feel like it's going to happen. So. Yes, coach said, Robbie, if you ask for it, it will be yours. So I assume you listen to this as all the players do because we're delightful. And just please go ask coach for the number 14. He said you could have it. <laughs> Cue up Kenny, who's now going in and going, Coach, I want 14. Just yeah. so I'm <laughs> You're going to make Grandma and Grandpa merch. <laughs> Do you really want that on your conscience, Kenny? Uh, Josh, what are, you, uh, what are you wishing for here? Yeah, I just, I don't, I, it's, uh, this is a hard question. I, I feel like I can't say anything with the Hounds because all I want is the championship and like for complete success for the Hounds. But if I can't say that, uh, how about uh, you know Everton not to suck? That'd be great. <laughs> I, I'm not asking for much. I'm not asking for like a top three finish Josh or a top four. Just just not a bottom three. That's all. <laughs> not too much to ask Everton. Is it's it? Like you're gonna be fine. Like it. <laughs> You'll be fine. Yeah. Say that. <laughs> Mike, what are you asking for? What's on your wish list? Well, I, you know what I would really like to see? I would love to see a Hounds kit that has not the full crest, not like the the uh, Inception crest, like the crest in a crest, but actually go further out that just has the shield with the dog paw and the ball in it and doesn't have the full thing. I think that would be really cool to see that on a logo, on a on a on a kit, or maybe have that incorporated into the kit in some way. So. I feel like they could put that like at the back, like on the neckline, mm-hmm. like like center in the back on the top right below the collar. That could be kind of like a cool little like yeah. just a little you know stamp right there. Yeah. I was talking kids with my boss today, and he uh, said, "Why do we always have to have black and yellow?" And he's like, "Yellow is just a really bad color." I was like, "But it's like what you do for the city." I was like, "What do you want?" So his idea is that we have like black and gray. And just like the faux collar, and just have yellow around the the collar. And the more I think about it, and if he puts the crest in the middle, maybe that that's, that's an idea. Yeah. Send that to somebody. Make that happen. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I know we were talking about why are all of the not I shouldn't say why, but a lot of teams have revealed their kits already. And our buddy Ben Wright, who uh, covers Nashville, was like, "Hey, people trying to make holiday sales." And so you know, Tuffy's seen the kits. If he uh, released them before the holidays, I bet they'd probably sell at least a few. So, um, yeah, wink, wink, nod, nod. Probably for next season. It's a little late right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's a little late. Last speaking of kits before the holiday, Mike, any updates? Oh yeah, oh. good point. Um, <laughs> I wasn't leading with that, but uh, no, I actually i i emailed uh, i emailed the the. Um, uh, Icarus today to see if there were any updates. They're supposed to arrive this week. They said between the 15th okay. and the 20th. So I already have the shipping bags and I have all the labels printed out. So the second they hit my door, they are leaving my door and being sent to everybody. Um, I just can't wait. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm really excited. I keep like pulling up the image of it on my phone going, this will be yours soon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's not creepy. That's not creepy at all. <laughs> That's the only thing I do it for, I swear. Anyway, um, well, I guess one last question, guys. What Riverhound item, real or fake, are you hoping to get this holiday season? So if you could have one Riverhound item that you find under your tree, what would it be? And I will start so that you have time to think, because if you were like Steve and didn't read this far, you may not have one yet. I have been saying for years, 
I want shorts. I want like player shorts that have the Hounds logo on it because right now the only actual like soccer shorts I own are New York Red Bull shorts because that was the team that I followed like 10 years ago and you could actually buy their shorts and I would love to replace those <laughs> with some Hounds shorts. So I'm going to keep asking until they put them in the team store, but that's what I want. So there. Josh, what do you want? Yeah, have like a, a, a nice like... With the like that crest you're talking about, like just the the uh, inner crest, like a nice like cardigan with that on there, or something like that. There we go. That sounds nice. Yeah. I, I'm wearing a lot of cardigans. I, I pretty much uh, decided instead of wearing hoodies to work and looking like a a child, I'm just wearing cardigans. So that's my new hoodie. <laughs> so yeah, there we go. You're old, he went Josh. From child to old. Man. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say. I, I said the, you're old. I'm old. We're all old. Yeah. 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 Liz, how about you? Uh, I would like a rechargeable hand warmer for all of the cold games at the beginning Ooh. of the season. There we go. That's a good one. Steve? Uh, so I've been disappointed with the long sleeve options in the team store. Um, uh, and whether it's a long sleeve tee that's kind of nice and clean and has like maybe just like the word mark uh, with checkers on it or something like that, um, uh, or a smaller logo or something instead of like a big big screen print on the front like i don't i don't like t-shirts with big solid blocks of screen print on the front um or even like a performance one that like has like a half or like a like a neck zip kind of thing even a collar no collar whatever just something that's more like performance or long sleeve something with sleeves not a t-shirt i would buy that in a heartbeat yeah sounds good to me well i think that's it for this one um yeah i guess thanks everybody i can't believe we're at the end of 2019 i i feel like this year more than any year it just sort of like like just flew by so um yeah thanks to everybody for listening thanks for all the support over the year um you know obviously we have our patreon followers who we're immensely grateful for like we said after this we're going to jump over into our after show where we'll talk about the things that lily said that we didn't think we could say on this show we'll say them on that show um and uh and yeah thanks for everybody who supported and went out and bought the jerseys and you know like we said we were able to donate 400 dollars to chs which is great um we've got some amazing stuff that uh, we have in store coming up here early this year hopefully to maybe raise some more money for chs um so it's been a good year and uh and it's in large part because of you know all of you who support us so thank you again um thanks to you guys for obviously being on the show steve liz josh justin laura ellen kevin whatever um you guys you know obviously (laughs) mongols just continues to sort of grow and be this thing that lives that's so much bigger than any of us which is just it's insane so um yeah really appreciate all the work and effort and uh good times that we have here so that's it for me. Thanks to uh, all of you, and thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Head over to mongols.com, listen to the show. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all of those places. We always say this all the time. Um, like we said, head over to Patreon. Um, you can go to mongols.com, click on Become a Supporter. That'll get you the after show and some of the other perks that come along with it. All it takes is a dollar a month, and it is yours. Um, otherwise... I think that's it for this year. So thanks, everybody. We will talk to you very, very soon. Bye. See ya. Later.